How you feeling, boys? Delphi Delph in the house. Delphi <laughs> I'm not going to let that one go. Oh, good God. Let's get this going. Welcome to episode 13, also known as the Wilt Chamberlain episode. Ooh, going deep on it. I'm going to say Steve Nash. Wilt Chamberlain had a 100-point game and slept with over 20,000 women. The guy's a legend. That That is my idol. No doubt. I'm only like 19,019 or 998 short of that. Yellow. <laughs> I didn't know quite where you're going with that. Yellow catching up to do, buddy. Of the uh, Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals. Uh, friends of the program. We got to mention these folks because they are doing an awesome job promoting us on their respective websites and uh, Facebook pages and so on and so and forth. And Twitter. And Twitter. RPLS Today, of course, they are a news and community forum website for land surveyors and geomatics professionals. Uh, land Surveyors United, uh, they call themselves the Earth's, la- Earth's largest land surveyor community, and they have nearly 16,000 members. And, of course, Parkland College, uh, the newest friend of the program, and they are one of two land severe programs in Illinois, focusing not only on serving, I was told to make it clear that not only are they focusing on serving, the art of serving, but also GIS and UAVs. And last but not least, this uh, episode is sponsored by Fireball. (laughs) Cheers, everybody. Except for Ryan, of course. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Well, chug, 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 chug. As you guys Uh, are all taking it down. Can we talk about those bears? There's no as reason you, to. As you talk about Illinois, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, he, you know, he's, he's Nagy, he's Nagy gave him a little hand on the back. Well, a hand on the ass, but he's oh. not the answer. He oh. faked his injury. He could have had Mahomes, buddy. Whatever. <laughs> Don't remind me. Uh, that opening tune, of course, is Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. The name of that song is Crumb. Uh, for those of you that have not heard them before, they're a pair of... Oh. <sighs> Four-piece original American thrash pop band from right here in Phoenix. Their new album, Bliss, gets better every time I listen to it. It's available on Spotify and Apple Music. Check out some of their videos on YouTube. They are so much fun and, without question, one of my favorite local bands. So, thanks to Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers. Social Hall plug time, boys. First of all, thanks to Social Hall for allowing us to be here in quaint studio one we'll post some pictures the global headquarters we'll post, post some pictures so everybody can kind of get a feel of this place um one of the uh the highlights of this evening's episode besides of course our uh, our guest is executive chef jason diaz put together the winning sandwich from the first 10 episodes and if you remember right that was pb and j so what we have here in front of us that we're going to taste test here in right before your very eyes is a peanut butter uh, I think it's green chili or jalapeno jam and smoked bacon. Oh my god, I'm so excited! So yeah, everybody, grab grab a slice of this. And I, I can't. I can't wait. We gotta step I, away from I'm, the microphone I'm gonna here. Eat it except for and Ryan. Everybody has to hear it. Oh, careful! You, that you peanut can, butter. You you're gonna drop peanut me. butter in your laptop. Uh, it's all. It's all good. You'll hear me chomping it. <laughs> Cookie monster in this. Oh my god! Oh, there is dripping. That's really oh good. This is dripping peanut butter. <laughs> Is it, is it as good? <laughs> that face makes me. It was want... better than I thought it was going to oh, be. Oh, how do I eat on the on the air? Dude, get to it, man. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. It sounds like the Cookie Monster. Oh my Dude, god. I gotta clean my pants. Oh, this is so good. It's so good. It's spicy. It's even delicious. better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. You... It is pretty spicy, actually. What do you guys yeah. think? It's pretty damn good. <laughs> the bacon, so good. So here's the beauty of this. Um, the sandwich is going to be on the social hall menu here, probably in the next week or two for like a week long stint on a special menu. And it's going to be called the big shoots appropriately. Wow. Now I've made the big time. You have made the big time. You're going to be on a menu. I feel special right now. Not are you, not only are you, as I'm just chomping down a sandwich, (laughs) not only are you a pod star, you're going to be on a menu. (laughs) The big shoots. Let's catch up with the boys. I know it's a hard act to follow. Uh, Producer Jake, what's new in your life, man? How's it going, guys? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, Crazy traffic coming in today. It's like every time it rains in Arizona, everything like shuts down, every freeway, every street. People are crawling. It's nuts. Um, So it's just like goes into our our safety share. It's 
safe driving, being careful, watching where you're going, and it's crazy out there. Spit Old it Jake, out, buddy. Old Jake's got his mouth full. Yeah. Fucking eating that sandwich. His, it's uh, spice. It's a lot spicier than I thought it was going to be. His I, mouth is having an orgasm when he's trying to talk. <laughs> Way too spicy. I feel like we're all just... Yeah. <laughs> It's big, the mics are picking it up a lot. <laughs> there, there is a lot of that going on right now. Oh, shit. Oh, Ryan, man. what are you up to? I think it's the peanut butter. Ah, it, well, it does gum up. Yeah. You know, Oof. You, you got... That's a, that is an unbelievable sandwich for oh, the record. It is, it is very tasty. I'm not going to lie. Everybody, come down to the social hall and get the big shoots. Not just because it's my name, but it is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, beyond that, uh, not a whole lot going on with me. I'm gonna, I'm going to steal the Jake line. Not a whole lot, but the uh, fantasy football is what it is. The golf game, we'll talk about that a little further lately. Needs improvement. Yeah, yeah. Our guest will give you my, the rundown on my new clubs and how terrible. I can't they wait are. to hear about this. Uh, yeah. This guy's my teacher, so we'll we'll find out. Dude, don't sell him short, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh no, my golf game is like you know I'm I'm Tiger Woods. He, he he's he's the uh, who, who's Tiger Woods' father? I don't even know his father. Yeah, who he was the guy Tiger that Woods Senior. Yeah, was it Elgin or El? No, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's. Oh. <laughs> we're going off the rails yeah, the sandwich just threw everything off <laughs> what about you Kent oh boy uh, what's new with me oh I uh, for those of you listening you know that I'm a huge music fan and last Friday night no Saturday I'm sorry um, the lovely Megan and I and my oldest daughter and her boyfriend Will um, went and saw the Black Keys Blackies. Absolutely fantastic show. This is like the third time I've seen them. First time I've seen Modest Mouse, so and they were equally as good. So, did not let me down by any means. Modest Mouse opened for them. They did. Oh wow. Yep. Yeah, it was a great I, show. I, I thought they were headliners. No, what? Come on, man. They, they were around when I was like in high school. That college. means absolutely nothing. So it was like the Go Go's. I don't know. Mm, yeah. No, that's your college experience, <laughs> not mine. So the other go goes the other That's thing way back. The other thing I've got on my mind, and this is kind of a bitch session, I suppose, is this buddy of mine who works uh, for a, a, a survey and engineering company. He's got he's got a multiple crews he's dealing with, and this just goes back to the conversation we've had a gazillion times about how hard it is to find good good crew chiefs. He had a crew chief the other day that freaking <laughs> this is this is like the second one in, in four months that got a DUI in a company vehicle. And uh, just in the in the company rig, in the company rig, yeah, and like know, middle of the day. I I don't know what time of day it was, but there was in 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 the cup holders, two cup holders. Uh, there were these two open beers. Four and these locos. Weren't, these what are they called? Four locos. They were four yeah. locos. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah it's he like had, a, he had eight locos. <laughs> it's like a caffeine infused like malt liquor. Dude, like, it's like fourteen percent. Yeah, remember they used to like kill people. They used to have like an old recipe oh, that that's had great. like tons that's of caffeine awesome. in it, and they had to like. They like pulled them off all the shelves and now they're back. But oh, they're back! I was gonna say, do you have to get them like on the dark web or something? The the original recipe, you, you gotta do, call Jake. The, the new ones, they're just like they're like regular. Stuff. It's still like awful for you. It's tons of caffeine, tons of alcohol. Oh my god! College kids these days, I'm gonna tell you, it's <laughs> college kids and and crew chiefs, <laughs> Lancer bears. <laughs> so, anyways, dude, I, I I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, what are we? Who are we bringing into this profession? I mean, this goes back to my whole. I'm going to get on the freaking soapbox about two-person crews and us bringing quality people into the into the profession and training them and just being good mentors. I mean, obviously, this particular person wasn't any of those things, but just another example of, man, got, got to get our shit together. Uh, on that note, let's move on to the safety share as it kind of plays into that. So, <laughs> this Segway. Yeah, this week's safety share is... Uh, Survey crew chief related responsibilities as it applies to safety. First of all, don't freaking drink four locos. I'm Two of them. Well, eight locos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever. But um, so in all seriousness, though, I've, I've got six things here I want to touch on. First and foremost, if you're a crew chief, and again, this is assuming that you're working on a two-person crew, right? 
And in my opinion, we can argue about this all day long. If everybody was working uh, with a two-person crew, it would solve so many problems that our profession is having. So anyways, survey crew chief responsibilities. First of all, give safety a priority or the priority, the number one priority in planning each survey. Inspect all traffic controls and continue to monitor conditions to ensure that controls are adequate for any change in conditions. So what that means is as you're working throughout the day, as conditions change, your traffic controls should change as well. And it's the crew chief's responsibility to make sure that it's adequate. Cease work and notify the field supervisor immediately if any field conditions are such that safety is jeopardized. So the company I work for, this is called a stop work authority. So if you are ever working in the field and you feel unsafe to the point where you cannot perform your job safely, you implement a stop work authority and it cannot be questioned. Just call it quits. Call it quits. Yep. Um, Number four, utilize protective vehicles whenever appropriate. So if you're doing some sort of traffic control, make sure that you have the proper vehicles, strobes, all that good stuff. Traffic attenuators. Yep. Yep. Have all that stuff in place. And the important thing about that is, I'm not sure how it is across the country, but I'm sure it's like it is in Illinois. 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 Jeez. In Arizona. You know, if you're working in, let's say, Phoenix, if you're working, you know, within the county, there are very specific traffic control guidelines and even permits that you have to get before you actually work in their right of way. And don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of surveyors out there, probably the majority of them, that just forego even doing that research and just jump out there and do their work like hey you know they're cowboys you know and and fearless and i get all that go out there do the work you know and call it a day whatever but it only takes one time for an accident to happen and all that goes out the window gotta get that job done make sure you look at that uh number five ensure that each crew member possesses the required personal protective equipment and uses the equipment as instructed ppe of course safety vest. vest hard hats eye protection um, hearing protection. Hearing protection, depending on the on the project you're working on. I mean, these are all things that have to be thought of. Steel toe boots, snip yep. chaps. All that stuff, absolutely. And finally, number six, do not allow employees to work if they refuse to work safely. Refer, refer that matter to your supervisor. So if you're working with somebody out in the field, again, assuming a two-person crew, and <clears throat> let's say you're the crew chief, and your instrument operator refuses to follow instructions and wear their PPE and perform in a safe manner, it's your responsibility to reel them in and uh, and make it right. So, excuse me, that's the safety share for this week. Um, Can we just, talk about a second safety share? Don't eat the jalapeno jam. That shit was spicy. <laughs> I drank my all my water and then fire. spilled the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Now no. you're complaining. Dude, this is your <laughs> sandwich. You no, designed that, it. That, that was amazing. Don't you get me wrong, it. but I'm like, ooh, that was spicy. It kind of kicks back. Yeah, I'm going to need some ice cream later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see vanilla. what we can do about that. Um, okay. With that, let's move into uh, the introduction of our guest this evening. Um, our guest... The mayor of Vergetown, as I like to refer to him as, was born in Neptune, New Jersey, and grew up in Fort Lauderdale, in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. The Fort Lauderdale. He uh, attended ASU. He's married to the beautiful Renee, and when I say she's beautiful, I can attest to that. I've seen her a time or two, and they collectively have five children. His hobbies include golfing, which we're going to circle back on because we got to get the real story on Big Shoots' new clubs. And we're not going to talk too yeah, we are. <coughs> Fishing and home improvement projects. Favorite sports teams include D-backs, Dolphins, sorry, and Cardinals, sorry. Uh, <laughs> has been working in the survey industry since 1987 as an uh, Army topographic surveyor. I'm excited to hear more about that. And is presently the survey manager at the Arizona Department of Transportation, where he's been for 15 years. And an odd fact is his wife and this my wife thinks the same thing it's so funny when i read this his wife thinks he's the best surveyor with no sense of direction so i'm assuming you cannot hardly get out of a parking lot yes Yes. I, I am the exact yeah. same way. I am the exact same way. You guys way. Right. talk about so this. So which way do we need to go again? Yeah, you guys talk about this. I'm up like, I am down, the absolute opposite with my wife. Up the down, down the up. I mean, God, Jesus. All right, so first off, whichever well, wait, wait, way well, I'm well, facing, yeah, yeah, that's ahead, north. That's, that's north, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. No matter north. what, yeah. No matter what. So well, We live in a grid. 
It's that easy. Uh, well, it's not in a parking lot, though. Oh, gosh. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Virgil Cox. And Virgil, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you, Kent. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. This is have so a good great. Time, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to have you on. Uh, I was I was telling Ryan the other day. It's like I know Virgil, but I don't know Virgil. It's one of those things, you know. We've hung out, we've played golf together, but I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit more. So, uh, with that being said, let's let's start from the beginning. As far as your land surveying career goes, I know you had the uh, the experience in the army. Tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be. So. You know, I grew up, my mom and dad, they were blue collar, didn't have a whole lot of extra money. I knew I wanted to go to school. I knew I wanted to get higher education. I didn't see the means of getting that. Um, So I joined the Army when I was a junior in high school. And when I graduated high school, I think it was like two weeks later, I was in the Army. I was uh, stationed at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Went to Fort Belvoir, Virginia, which is where they had the defense mapping Hmm. school. And then... uh, most of my friends, they either went to Hawaii or Germany, and I wound up going to the Proving Grounds in Yuma. I was thinking, you know, this something's wrong. I've never heard of surveyors in Yuma. But I jumped on the plane. I came down. I got here. It was in April, and uh, it was already 90 degrees. When I stepped on the plane at Dulles International Airport in D.C., it was, I want to say it was 29 degrees or something, had a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> Stepped off the plane in uh, Phoenix uh, to get onto a puddle jumper, and it was already 95 degrees outside. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. So it was wintertime. I would yeah. <laughs> get myself into. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I was like, man, what did I get into? I was like, holy smokes. I had, I was going through a like a cultural shock, you know? I mean, there was yeah. no grass. There was no trees. I mean, growing up in South Florida, I mean, you got tons of it. But uh, anyways, uh, 95 degrees, get off the plane. I'm like, all right, I'm going to call this guy, tell him where I'm at. It's like 30 minutes later, the Proving Grounds is on 95 as you're heading towards Quartzsite. So, I mean, it's like a half an hour drive from the airport. So the guy finally shows up, and I'm like, Jesus, you know, where the heck is this guy coming from? I mean, did he stop off to do laundry or something? Anyways, um, Finally gets there, and then I get in the car with him, and then we're driving and driving and driving. And, I mean, I'm seeing farm fields, which is all new to me, you know, uh, seeing the the mountains, but there's no grass or trees or anything on them, which is new to me. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was completely different. I started getting nosebleeds and... Everything's all dry. Yeah, headaches. Compared to Florida, yeah. geez. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I was there doing range safety. I learned a lot of the coordinate geometry from a guy by the name of Ruben Hernandez out at the Proving Grounds, as well as uh, Jesse, uh, Randy Chavez, uh, their brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as several other folks that are down there. Um, I still keep in touch with them to this day. Um, I usually get the, uh, whenever we're on the Proving Grounds, I get the, the, right of entry for myself i usually take the truck because i'm very familiar with what's out there and right you know they've got some 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 unexploded ordnance on the ground and some other things so it's a little bit dangerous so i'm like all right i'll i'll go ahead and take that point but uh yeah i did rain safety learned how to run the t16 geometer several of the distance equipment back in the day um and uh it was uh, 1990. I was approached by some other folks. They said, "Hey, did you want to re-enlist?" I said, "No, I've got plans. You know, I'm gonna. I got plans. <laughs> I got better. Yeah, things to I've do. got better things to do. I've got a life to live. So, uh, moved back to Florida. Picked up a degree, a mm. uh, two-year degree at Broward Community College, which is mm. now a, a university. And then, uh, but I had met my wife at the time, who now is my ex-wife, but. Um, moved back to Yuma after I picked up my two-year degree. I was doing surveying, um, doing Alta, the topo for design, construction staking for uh, police in Florida, and then moved oh. to Yuma, and I was working at Nicholas Engineering for um, six years. You zigzagged across the country. Yeah, yeah. This, wow. this guy's going left and right. It's only about 3,000 miles. So let me ask you something. No, this, this might be... Um, <laughs> top secret information but at the yuma proving grounds 
what are they proving? So I normally tell people, hey, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you afterwards. But I think that we don't want that. Yeah, I think that after I've I haven't been in the the service now since 1990, so uh, I'm thinking that none of it's top secret anymore. Probably not. But uh, we did a lot of testing on the um, uh, the new equipment that came through. They had a dust proving ground where they would take the vehicles to see um, when it would fail, and they would keep uh, detailed maintenance records of what they needed to change out, air filters, I mean everything. We put three grams of grease in this ball bearing or whatever it was, and I was like, wow, man, they're, they're keeping track of everything. Wow. They had a log book. It was probably about three inches thick, and it was a three-ring binder. They just had pages and pages and pages of stuff that they were keeping track of. Keeping it tight. So you're a uh, you're pretty disciplined human being, right? Yeah, fairly. Fairly. Much. Can you tell by that haircut? Well, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, but... <laughs> it's high and tight. I give them a hard time all the time <laughs> I keep it. That. I kept it. <laughs> I love it. It looks good on you. Uh, Don Crow hair guy. We might have to have him take a look at it, but it'll be okay. I need to turn he, he, it. He can touch it up. I, yeah, I need to, to get the gray out. You know, I need. Yeah. I keep telling the barber, "Hey, cut the, cut the grays out." And she says, "You know, you're going to be bald here pretty soon." <laughs> does Does Don do dye jobs? I don't know yet. No? I, I haven't had that conversation with oh, him. Oh my goodness! I was, ask, uh, I was watching the game on Sunday, and all I could think about was Cliff. And I'm like, oh, every time oh, I look at him, his hair his, is like his on hair point is, is better than yours. Time. No, it's not. <laughs> First of all, oh, that is Jake, an untrue statement. There's, there's no. two separate. There's, you can't judge him. One's you thin, can't. one's full. You can't exactly. judge him. Exactly. When I talked to Don Crow Hair Guy, he told me, he's like, Cliff can't have the Kent and Kent ha- can't have the Cliff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's two it's two different animals. Apples and oranges, really. Apples I'll, and oranges. I'll, give, I'll give Cliff the benefit of the doubt just because he's the Cardinals coach and you're the host of the podcast. Well, he might be a little bit better looking, but... Has he yet been called a Dilfy Dilf? Uh, doubtful. Not, not yet. We got time. Doubtful, I'm doubtful. sure he's got that in his. Well, is he even a dad? I don't know. No, he's not a dad. Uh, then, then how could he get Dilfy Dilf status? I don't know. I mean, once you reach a certain age, you're at that status. Uh, he could I be. Have, a dad. I haven't I gotten there yet. Ah, <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. so excited, you old man. <laughs> All right, let's circle back here. We're getting off the rails a little. Um, Virgil, you, in your in your bio, I didn't mention it in the beginning, but you made mention that you were awarded a couple Army Commendation Medals and Army Achievement Medals. So I don't want that to go unmentioned, and I would like for you, if you don't mind, to tell us a little bit more about that. So while stationed out at the Proven Grounds, um, there was an accident and wound up picking some guys up out of a burning tank. Uh, that kind of it, accident. Yeah, huh? it was it was on fire. Yeah, I, I've never man. seen anything in my life like that. You know, um, even to this day, and uh, picked the guys up and put him on the the back of the tailgate of the truck, and they had helicopters come in and uh, haul him out. So, um, anyways, uh, long story short, a couple of the guys that that I knew, they were from a, a different country. They were from Israel. And uh, they were possibly looking at purchasing the, you know, the the tank system that the United States government had created. Anyways, um, uh, the accident wound up killing two of the kids that were there that I knew pretty well. So, anyways. Um, wow. Uh, well, hey, thank you, thank you for your uh, your service as far as that goes, and that's that's an incredible story. We don't have so, to get any further into that one. Yeah, no, I I. Really don't like talking about it too much, Understood. but anyways. Yeah, no, I appreciate sharing that with us um, regardless, so I'm sure it's a difficult time. Um, go ahead, Brian, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, when it comes to land surveying, you, you obviously you were not, you had the engineering degree and all this. Who were the mentors? Who got you into the surveying profession? So for me, the engineering degree didn't come until afterwards. I mean, I was a surveyor first and foremost, went out in the field, ran all the equipment, Anything from T2s, T3s, T16s, T20s. That's a lot of Ts. Uh, bomb proofs. Yeah, they're all wild. Yep, um, wild. Geotometers, Topcon, uh, uh, Sokia, Nikon, you Nikon, name it. Yep. I probably ran it at one point in time. Um, 
when I was out at the Proving Grounds, I mean, uh, there was Tony Magdaleno was a good mentor back in the day, teaching me how to run all the equipment. And then uh, Ruben Hernandez with doing a lot of the calculations. Um, those guys, they were just so giving with regards to the knowledge that they had. They, they didn't mind sharing it with, you know, what I would look back on now as a young punk kid. And uh, uh, then when I got to Florida, there were several people at police. Um, Mo is a uh, his real name was Larry, but we all called him Mo. Um, but it's uh, got to be a Three Stooges I was thing. Yeah, just say Three he, Stooges reference. I think he was that age too. He was an old scruffy surveyor, you know, had the skin, you know. What if it was actually Mo? Where was Curly? <laughs> that would be amazing. I was always kind of a shemp guy myself, but yeah, I always kind of wondered Shemp? myself. Who, who likes shemp? I don't know. <laughs> now uh, you're just trying to be different. He's a third wheel. Yeah. Um, a fourth wheel. fourth wheel. Another guy, Jay. Um, and then, uh, so when I was there, uh, they had a need for somebody to go into the office and do CAD work, so I kind of learned AutoCAD. I think it was release 10 or something. I mean, I'm kind of dating myself, but anyways, yeah, I worked in the office doing hand drafting and AutoCAD work. And then uh, when I uh, moved back to Arizona and was working at Nicholas Engineering, I, shit, I did everything. I ran blueprints. I made copies. The ammonia on, machine? Yeah, the ammonia machine where, yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> uh, smelling ammonia all day long. Oh but my God. Uh, yeah, I did hand drafting. So I got real used to the Leroy pens. I was just going to ask you if you used the Leroy machine. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That and uh, we had drafting tables, big, huge drafting tables. Um, uh, went, went out in the field actually in the morning with the survey crews and then came back in the afternoon and was doing drafting on the same stuff that we had collected. Oh. Um, and then uh, when I went back to school to pick up my degree in engineering, that's when um, I started to learn the, the putting plans together and water lines and grading and drainage what's included in it and then so then i was tying the survey work that we were doing in the field with the engineering stuff that we were doing in the uh in the office and so um kind of made that connection and then it was in 92 no it was 98 uh left nicholas engineering and then i started working at dei here in phoenix um and then i was there for three years and then went over to Hunting Associates, they got bought out by Carter Burgess, and then I was at Brady Ulrich and Associates for uh, six months, and then I was at the state, and I've been at the state now for fifteen years. Yeah, so but I gotta I gotta ask you this because we both had some of the same experiences as far as like manual drafting goes. So you were using like the rapidograph pens. Oh yeah, and those little fuckers double lot Yeah, yeah, but they you get, they get clean them. Up yeah, you got like, clean blah, blah, blah. them. So here's here's a really funny story. So when I first got into surveying, God only knows how many years ago, 30 years ago or whatever, and I made my way into the office and I was doing hand drafting, Leroying everything. One of our biggest clients was the USDA Forest Service. So we were doing these huge retracement surveys for the Forest Service, but the plats had to be on 18 by 24 inch mylar, right? Yep. So I would... I would hand draft the the graphic part of it on the top, right? Leroy everything, North Arrow, put the whole thing on there, right? And then, <laughs> so fucking funny, I would literally take a razor, cut the sheet in half, right? Long ways. Yeah. And then we'd have all the certificates that need to be typed on there, right? So the lady, our admin in the office, she's an office manager, she would run each half of the mylar through a typewriter and type the various descriptions and certifications on each half of the mylar then I'd tape it back together and make copies of it. So, <laughs> yeah, we had something similar, but uh, we actually had, it was um, um, sticky, the yep, film. Sticky stuff. Yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah. So you yeah. actually would run yep. the copies through the copy machine and then all the certifications and stuff, we would make copies of it. And then pull it off of the sticky, but then you you, you know you had to like yeah, with the make sure you thing, get all the, all bubbles, the air bubbles out, out because oh if God. you didn't, it would show up in the copies. Yep, you know exactly. We um, got lost in the old zone. That did you is ever awesome. did you ever use uh, sepia? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when I yeah my earliest career when I first started serving, I worked for the Illinois Department of Transportation, and this is back like in the early like mid eighties, probably eighty five, eighty six. Mm. 
And yeah, it's, it's so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories is that uh, an engineer came to me and he said, hey, the client loves a set of plans, but the city is telling them, hey, we want to mirror the sidewalk that's on the south side of the road. We want to put it on the north side of the road. Right. So I looked at it for a couple of minutes and I said, you know what? I think I got a solution. So I took, a, you know, the page of the no, no, no. You know, the um, um, the that you would mark up to yeah. do um, presentations. Uh-huh. What's that? The clear film? The, not the Mylar? No, not the Mylar. It was the actual 8.5 by 11, like when instructors back in the day. When oh, they yeah, had, you put it on the overhead. You put it on yeah, the overhead. Right, yeah. I actually took that and made a copy of it on that film, Yep. flipped it over and put it underneath the light table. <laughs> and traced it. And then I traced it. <laughs> I traced it. It took like. Ten minutes, the guy was like, the engineer was like, holy, you know, I, I can't believe that you You're got like it done. A, like a human platter. Right, right. <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, that's such a great story. You had to be so creative back then. Yes, you You had did. to think outside the box and try to figure out ways to be, you know, most efficient and right. not have to, like, replot crap again and stuff. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, when I look back at it, no regrets. I'm so glad I got to experience all that. But, oh, man, a lot of work. See the experience and... And, and grow from it. Yes, Can't exactly. grow from it. Can't grow from it, right. Yeah, yeah can't grow from it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a great segue to this question. Um, so you and I, I think, have been surveying for you know almost the same amount of time. Um, some of the biggest changes and advancements in the profession. And do you think those advancements have changed the profession for the better? So to answer the first part of your question, I mean, yeah, I've definitely seen some huge changes. The biggest that I think have come from is the uh, the electronic equipment. You know, I mean, you're dealing with a computer now. And, uh, you know, I remember when we used to have to split the crew into two and one was doing the Traverse and the other one was doing the bench run, you know, the elevations. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, when you have a piece of equipment, whether it's the, the newer scanners or the total stations, you know, they collect the northing, the easting, the elevation, the descriptions. Based on the coding that you do for your descriptions, you know, you can actually have it inserted in cells at that location. You can put them on the levels that you want in AutoCAD. You can have the line styles. So I'd say just the computing power alone with the equipment has definitely helped improve the... Because I remember we used to um, collect the data with the equipment and then have to do field notes. We don't even do field notes anymore. At least where I work, we don't do field notes. Not like we should anyways. Probably, yeah. You know, but for the most part, I mean, it's you can it's reproducible and you can do it fairly mm-hmm. quickly. Right. And so the necessity of the field notes, I don't know if it's necessarily there anymore like it used to be but like if you would make a typo um or scripting error or you know transpose numbers which it happened a lot i mean if you're inputting in 1400 points for a topo for design i mean yeah there's probably maybe five of them that you sure didn't import correctly so anyways yeah there was the chance for the errors um and uh as far as, you know, there's there's good and bad, you know. Um, yes, it makes the job easier, but then it kind of takes away from the knowledge, skills, and abilities that the folks should be having out in the field. Because now there are a lot of them, my guys joke around about it, hey, we're, we're data collectors. We're not surveyors, we're data collectors. And so a lot of that skill has kind of, been lost sure no, i totally agree you know back in the day when you, you know so you have a crew like a three-man crew running a traverse i'm sure you've probably experienced that right yep or have i totally dated myself Old man. <laughs> but you know you know, your field notes would be like works of art honestly you know you've got the you know the, re- the you know the front angle the reverse angle and you got to bring all that stuff into the into the office and um you know, and hand enter all that stuff. And then like the last one you're entering, you're like, please close, please close. And you turn that last angle and distance, right? And you're like, I'm out 200. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, been there. Yeah. Exactly. Plugging it into Plug um, in. 
uh, MC Kogo or something. Yeah. It was an old DOS based right, yeah. yep. program. Man, it was hey, it yeah. was difficult. Ryan, you don't know what we went through back oh in the day. Oh my god! Uh, Jake, and I, that Jake and I don't know the struggle. Guys are too we're, young. We're, we're young. Yeah. <laughs> All you know is Instagram. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> MySpace, maybe. Hey, tweet me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the question I am like, you were in Yuma. You were working there. How did you end up and the 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 engineering school and all that? How did you end up going to ASU over U of A for that that degree? So my father in law was a ASU graduate, and so he kind of had some input into it. I looked in at the time, you know, back in the nineties, uh, mid mid to early nineties. ASU does have a pretty good engineering program, so... Still does. Yeah, I applied, uh, got accepted in, and so... But, I mean, prior to me coming back to um, Arizona, I, I did... I, I got accepted at the University of Florida, which... You were going to be a Gator? I was going to be a Gator. Oof. Yeah. Tim Tebow over here. No, no, no. <laughs> got the haircut. Not quite as athletic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I had... Four million more dollars, and I was better looking than yeah, I'd be Tebow. Uh, yeah, he, he hey, he is in the Mets farm system. We'll take it. We'll take it, right? Oh, you're gonna take it, all right? <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> so ASU was uh, like from the, your father-in-law, essentially. Uh, yeah, initially, I mean, but uh, ASU is actually the closest school to Yuma. I mean, I was married and had uh, two kids. Um, by the time I was going to ASU, so I mean, for me, it was fairly close. It's only a three-hour drive, um, oh, nonstop. Nice. Yeah, nonstop. By the way, um, to get from uh, Yuma to to Tempe and uh, go to school. So yeah, I I used to travel back to Yuma. It was uh, every weekend, so I can see the the wife and the kids. And uh, I was probably one weekend out of the week that I did not go because I had just way too much going on so what did you what i've been through yuma a couple times i i, I just don't get it there's, <laughs> like, there's not a there's whole lot not a whole lot there. there was that was that a tough uh transition for you oh yeah going from fort lauderdale i mean shit there was anything and everything that you wanted to do i mean it was there you had you know it very similar to san diego you had sea world you had legoland you had Six Flags, you got Bush Gardens, you got, you know, every, anything and everything that you could want to do. Tons of nightlife. There's tons of stuff to do. There's, um, I did scuba diving. I did snorkeling, deep sea fishing, did freshwater fishing, catching largemouth bass. Anything and everything you could think of, I mean, Florida had. So, yeah, there was a big, huge transition to go from Fort Lauderdale to Yuma. I'm sure Fort Lauderdale had some... Uh young co-eds to call you Dilfy Dilf, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he wasn't at the age at that time. Uh, he was so too then, young. So then you, you like went back to Florida and then went back to Yuma, right? Correct, yeah. So you kind of, you must have liked it enough to go back. Well, no. When I left Yuma the first time, I was <laughs> well, like, no. I'm, I'm never coming back. There's no way you're going to get me to come back. But, you know. <laughs> things when, happen. Yeah, things, things happen. happen. You For get those sure. ladies out there, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah. That's exactly, oh. yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> so when you when you think about land surveying in today's world, do you view it as a trade or a profession? So I would have to say that at a certain level, it is definitely a profession. You have to know certain things, rules, regulations. You have to know the lay of the land you have to know your research um in order to be able to get the job done and not get yourself in trouble so i mean that's definitely a profession but for some of the folks that are coming out that are younger that you know are maybe under the tutelage of a professional then yeah it's it's a trade sure yep and that yeah but I mean, at some point in time, I mean, just like the movie uh, Prometheus, where the guy had those balls and he threw them up in the air, and then they went out scanning those uh, tunnels. You know, I mean, I totally probably see something similar for 
you know, the surveying profession. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that as far as the biggest hurdle that I think that we as a profession have looking forward to is um, the deregulation. I know that there's been a couple of states that, that have done it successfully and uh, they wrote, I don't know, papers to the the governor and the state legislatures in their respective areas kind of saying, hey, having surveyors is costing us money. I'm, I don't necessarily see it, but yeah, that's the spin they put on it when they when they submitted it. So, yeah. And on the technology side, I totally agree. I think that as um, as professional surveyors, I mean, one of our biggest challenges is going to be ma- managing technology. I saw something on, um, I think it was LinkedIn today. I saw an article. It was, is it Boston Dynamics? Is that the company that builds these? The like, crazy looking robots? Yeah. Yeah, so they're the, kind of walking. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they had this robot that, and they're teaming up with Trimble and and somebody else. But they oh have this boy. robot that literally walks around like construction sites, has a, has a scanner on it as right. well. Right. And it like stops, takes a scan, walks, stops, takes a scan. I mean, this is this direction it's going. It's right. way cheaper than you. No question. <laughs> no question. If I could retire today, I would. Um, but but you're right. I mean, it, it's it's we need to manage technology. We need to stay on top of technology. Otherwise, technology is going to pass us by. And there's not going to be. I don't want to say there's not going to be a need for surveyors. You know, because I don't think that'll ever be the case. But our our job description, our value is going to change, and we have to be very cognizant of that. Yeah. Agreed. Agree. Well. I know you pretty well. We hang out quite a bit, but way more than we should probably. Well, it's on the golf course, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about that. Jake gets offended when I talk about my golf game and how much better I am than him. But it's pretty offensive, so don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> bursting his bubble. This uh, is fantastic. I, you know, I'm a. You know, I'm a negative 48 handicap or something like that (laughs) um looking back on your whole career yuma fort fort lauderdale all of it is there anything you would tell yourself now looking back as as your younger self of word of advice or you know if i had to do it all over again i probably would do it exactly the same i mean i've been very happy with you know the the direction, the career, you know, um, being who I am and the profession that I'm in, I get to meet a lot of good people. I meet some turds as well, but you know, that, that'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wasn't trying to make eye contact with you. Okay, <laughs> he he was looking right at me when he said that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's it's been very for me. It's been a positive experience. I mean, uh, um, I won't regret. Do not regret anything that I've done, said, whatever, the achievements that I've made. So, I mean, uh, I, I enjoy where I'm at and uh, what I'm doing. So, I mean, I'm continuing to do it. So, Good for you, man. And, Ryan, by the way, you're his favorite turd. I guarantee uh, it. I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to. But I wouldn't put him in the punch bowl. I'm not going to fight. <laughs> I'm not going to fight that one. I'll take, the, I'll take number one turd on Virgil's list. Uh, and before we let you get out of here, you have to tell us, how much better Big Shoots' this golf game is with his new clubs? You know, it. I would love to say that it is, but I, I really, I don't want to lie to anybody. Please don't. He he needs. It depends on if my wife calls me before yeah, we golf. He need. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I will readily admit that one. If she calls uh, me beforehand and she's got a problem, my golf game is off the rails. But. Carrie, do not call Ryan about the smoke detectors. There's nothing he can do. We're on the way to Lake Havasu. Oh God, I hope she doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> We're on the way to Lake Havasu. He was he was a wreck. He was a wreck, and he's driving. We were thinking he was going to drive off the road. Oh my God! Just end it now. Take me now, God. I thought he was going to say, but anyway, that, that was a very windy day that I still played well. Just to just to bring it back, <laughs> I, I I I had a reasonable showing. So so yeah, Ryan does need to play a little bit more with the new clubs. I mean, that's definitely something that you have to do. Um, I had told him beforehand. I said, hey, look, if you can, just go over to the driving range and hit some balls a little bit just, just to get a feel for, you know, they're they're weighted a little bit different. They've got, you know, maybe the grips are a little bit different, but you just got to get used to all that stuff. It's like an adult set. 
I, it I'm is, not, yeah. I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, I think the only times I, I played could've... with those clubs have been with Virgil. So I think uh, I heard Hudson on the say, game. Dad, can I have my clubs back now? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, awesome. Well, I, the, the, the only question that I ask everybody, do you have a mantra that you live by? And we've had some golden ones, so it's it's a it's a tall order. So the mantra that I live by is that, hey, look, if I'm going to be here anyways, I might as well give it a hundred percent. Love it, you I know. Like it. And yeah, so you know, if you're going to be here, then be here. You know, and if Living I'm going to make the time, then yeah, then then just do it. If you're yep. here, it's a hundred percent. Yep, it's a hundred percent. Yeah, it kind of ties back with the uh, living in the present. Uh, be Mantra. present. Be present, exactly. Do you That's train past the finish? Do you train past the finish? <laughs> Do you train past the finish? <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about David D- Peralta. No, or no. <laughs> Reference. <laughs> no D-backs references uh, here, but. We've got one more question we need to ask before you get out of here. So the first 10 episodes, we asked the sandwich question, which resulted in this amazing sandwich right here. Yes. The PB and, what is it, PBJ and Bacon? The big, the big shoots, PB, the big shoots. Regardless, it doesn't matter. Either what it is, way, I'm going to go get shoots. another one. I'm exactly. going to go get another one. I'm thinking I'm going to have the big shoots when I get home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So for the next ten episodes, we're asking this question: If you had to drink one of the three following liquors for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Whiskey, vodka, or tequila? Yeah, it'd probably have to be vodka. Vodka. Yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, we'll add that to get, the uh, get the, the job tally. done quickly. Exactly. He does. He doesn't like to mess around. Yep. Yep. And with that, is there anything else that maybe we haven't talked about, Virgil, that uh, you'd like to mention? So, to dovetail to your safety, I'm not sure if you guys heard any rumors lately, but there was a guy that was working for one of the local consulting firms here, and uh, um, he was out working by himself. So I'm glad that you're kind of asking people to do a two-man team just for safety reasons alone. But uh, he was working by himself, passed away, and it wasn't until Friday the following day when they found him. Really? Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. But, oh, my gosh, thanks for uh, thank you for sharing that story. And that just kind of goes along with... Uh... That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a that, tough one. That one, yeah. that one kind of yeah, shook me it, a little it, bit. It, it, hey, I'm telling you, it's real. So, I yeah, mean, I, I'm, I, I, I'm glad that Kent is taking the time and Ryan and Patrick to kind of remind folks that, hey, look, safety is real. I know Kent had sent out an email not that long ago when people are working alone. They have a... Um, oh, yeah, that device? Yeah, that the was device. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought it was... a little life alert. Yep. Pretty cool, yeah. I and I can't get up. Yep. No, yep. it actually it monitors your, mm-hmm. your activity, and if you're not moving for a certain period of time, it tries to call your cell phone. If you don't answer, then it calls, like, your boss and says, hey, I tried to call mm-hmm. them. They're at this location, and then if you want to go investigate, check it out. I think that, yeah, it definitely sounded like, hopefully it doesn't break the bank, but... Yeah, you know what, I just, as a matter of fact, we're going to talk more about that device because I do think there's tremendous value there. Yeah. Um, in, in later episodes, we're actually going to have them on as guests to to promote the device because, like I said, I, I, I think um, the more people get to know about that, the more I think they're, they're going to, I mean, people yeah. working alone, not just surveyors, it could right. be people working in a pipeline or whatever. Anybody working alone right. should have one of these things just for in, situations just like you mentioned. Just in general, there's so much technology that there's no reason right. that somebody should be on a site for a day and a half yeah because how how often do we hear from our employees when they're out Mm -hmm. on the job site i mean you know normally yeah you catch up with them at the end of the day yep unless they send you a text and say hey i'm running late i'll catch you tomorrow morning or something yep but i mean it it could it could happen and it does it happens all the time unfortunately and uh, i I appreciate you sharing that story and again it just kind of bolsters my view on the two-person crew so anyways we'll talk more about that going going forward virgil thank you first and foremost thank you for your service thank you for being a guest on the show and uh hopefully you'll come back another time Love to, love to. Enjoyed awesome. it. Thank and, but, you. But bring Renee next time. But bring Renee. No. Yeah, she she was originally going to come, and then she wound up having to change her hair uh, appointment around, so she was doing that tonight. She's got to keep it high and tight like you do. No, she 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 keeps it. She's very feminine haircut. 
Yeah, yeah. she's Long, awesome. flowing locks. She's awesome, and she's welcome uh, anytime, of course. So. He speaks so lovingly. <laughs> As he should. He knows He knows where his bread is buttered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Both sides, both sides. Uh, both sides. All right. With that, let's, uh, let's make sure we uh, say thank you once again to RPLS Today. Visit that website, rplstoday.com. Thank you to uh, Land Surveyors United. Check their website out, landsurveyorsunited.com. And last but not least, Parkland College. Their website for the surveying program is parkland.edu forward slash surveying. Thanks again to Social Hall. We Come get the big shoots. Come get the big shoots. It is delicious. We will let you know next episode when it's going to be on the menu. Check us out at thegeoholics.com where you can get on our mailing list and shoot us an email. If you want to be a guest on the show, we're set up for remote guests and we've already got some lined up. We're booking into next year already, but we'd love to have you. Um, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Apple podcast, Podbean, and Spotify. Here, read this disclaimer. <laughs> Virgil says, and I quote, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this podcast belong solely to the author and not necessarily to the <laughs> author's employer, organization, committee. <laughs> I got to flip it over. Oh, geez. I got to flip Or other group <laughs> or individual. So he has wiped his hands clean on this one, boys. Fantastic. Carol Pacey and the Honey Shakers with a crumb. Take us out. Until next time, everyone, be safe.